What's good, everyone? It's your Kings Kazil and Carl. And welcome to the Podcast. That nearly went wrong. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. Um, <laughs> that long pause. There's always that pause. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Um, today we have a special guest. Would the guests like to introduce themselves? Yeah, sure. Um, my name is Rico Jacob Trace, pronouns he, him. I'm director at Transact UK CIC and also a trustee at LFT Consortium. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. Um, just beside the viewers now or listeners, uh, what is your star side, your son? Obviously. Yeah, I'm a Gemini. <laughs> through and through Gemini. Cool, yeah. I like Gemini, so that's all right. Not too bad. Um, they're quite cool. I don't mind them. I'm yeah. friends with a lot of Gemini's as well. Yeah, so. Gemini, Gemini's are cool. Like, yeah. I know a few. I know a few. We're just bubbly yeah. people as well as you. Just always up for a laugh. Um, life of the party and then we sort of disappear for a couple of days <laughs> yeah that's very good um, <laughs> that, sounds that sounds like my little cousin very accurate yeah that was really accurate you should be an astrologist I mean all I know is about Gemini so I think that's a bit <laughs> I could just talk Maybe about Gemini and everyone else I have no idea what Capricorn personalities are like um, oh, I've encountered a few Aries and was like I don't know what you're supposed to be like or Hypothetically, all I know is like, um, Leo, Leo is like either good or bad, like, there's nothing in the middle. My best friends are Scorpio, always okay. very nice, never get on the wrong side. So, yeah. I know, some- yeah, 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 that's yeah. True. <laughs> very true, very true. Um, so how long have you been transitioning for, and how's your journey been so far? Um, well, I realized I was trans when I was 25, so I'm 29 now, so four years. Um, but medically, I've probably only been testosterone for like a year and a bit. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, my dad's genes kicked in and then I just looked like a bloke, which is brilliant. Exactly what I wanted. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've, I'm pretty sure that was a girl, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what it says in the tin, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, how, how, how has your journey been so far? Like, has it, are you, you on private or NHS? Um, I'm on NHS, but I had to like, it was like a bit of a hybrid um because i realized that i basically got on the end of the waiting list the nhs waiting list during the pandemic like i think it was oh, 2020 right, okay. wasn't it pandemic? oh yeah 20 yeah, yeah. so <laughs> i realized that waiting list was ridiculous and then mm. i did pay for my um endo appointment mm. um, okay. to sort of speed that up but i am um, i do get my testosterone from the nhs uh, yeah. originally I was just getting through like a prescription and I went to 56 a T which is in like Dean Street and then they gave it to me my, my testosterone shots for free because okay. there's a pharmacy in the building so you just go in it's brilliant it's brilliant service um, yeah that's really yeah. good that's really good um so, if you're London-based get on the end of their waiting list because they literally just compartmentalize five years of um NHS tomfoolery into like a couple of minutes it's yeah yeah, because obviously the NHS waiting list is not officially it's three years, but we all know that it's about five years. It's yeah, five it's years not really time. three years, is it? Like, no, not at all. But um, yeah. they they are opening up new services, um, which I've just come to light for myself. Uh, I don't know if you saw my video call, um, that I yeah, posted I the other day, but yeah, they are opening up the services because I got contacted by a team that specialised with like the East of England GIC um, 
it's east of England, but based in Cambridge and Nottingham. And um, they reached out to me and were like, hey, we can see that you've been on the London waiting list for, you know, over two years. Uh, we are offering the exact same service that you would get for the London GIC. Um, all we would need to do is have an appointment with you and then sort of go through like an assessment thing and then wait for a second appointment and you will officially be um, on the East of England GIC rather than dealing with London and you won't have to deal with your private healthcare anymore. So at first I was like, is this a scam? <laughs> like um. I had to go and check because I was thinking, obviously it's new, but I was like, I ain't heard about this. Yeah. Where, where's this come from? But then again, I don't really know anybody that lives in them Cambridge or Nottingham or East of England or whatever. So I did my little research, did all of that, and it turned out that it's legit. Like they legitimately are offering the services. So it went from me waiting for the London GIC to being mm. spoken to on a Tuesday and having my first appointment on Friday. Mm to mm. like that just literally cancelled out the two years that I've been waiting to literally just having yeah. it instantly and then I've got like my second appointment in 12 to 16 weeks which is still way shorter than the London one and then yeah my care will now be handled with them so there's people out there trying to make a difference it seems yeah yeah it's good it's good. I mean, Michael Brady is the LGBT advisor of the NHS, <clears throat> and um, he's a GP, and he's he's pro-trans, trans-trans rights, so he's trying to make it better and speaking to politicians, trying to improve it. Yeah. The problem is, is that it's kind of like being ignored or put on the back burner for so many years. Mm -hmm. Even if they do do anything about it, they still have such a backlog to deal with. Yeah, definitely. Um, it is unreasonable. Yeah, it's really true. Um, so obviously, you're the director of Transactional. Um, can you tell the people yeah. one of them there, obviously there's Shay as well um, can you tell the people about Transactual and what you do who you are? Yeah sure so there's actually um, five directors at Transactual um, yeah so Shay Brown, um, Helen Belcher uh, Jane Fay and Marianne Din um, and yeah uh, so it's found in 2017 following press transphobia um, but since 2020 it's kind of like expanded dramatically since then so there's like three pillars that we tend to focus on legislative reform uh healthcare and also media relations so when it comes to the media relations we work very closely with um transmedia watch so that's speaking to reporters sort of having press uh articles which aren't transphobic mm. so we work very very closely with reporters in order to make sure they actually create something which is non-biased yeah. Uh, when it comes to healthcare, we've done workshops for trans and non-binary people in order to have those conversations with um, gender intelligent, with their GPs. So I can't mm. talk today with their <laughs> GPs. Um, and we also created crib sheets which you can give your GP, which is like a two-page cider because a lot of GPs aren't actually given training on LGBT yeah, care at all. Not it's not well. mandatory at all. When it comes to trans and non-binary community, they have no idea what's going on. When right. I first had my uh, referral, they actually referred me into an erectile dysfunction clinic. And I was just like, this isn't really what I wanted. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was like, these questions are quite personal. The interview is like, so how's your sex life? I'm just like, it's, it's okay. <laughs> Give me testosterone, they're like, you're on the wrong clinic. So like, they just don't know. So yeah, basically just gives them a two-sided piece of information where they can, they feel as if um, they've got the information they need in order to correctly diagnose and to um, treat the patient. 
uh, because I only have 15 minutes per patient. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but the, that particular resource is created by GPs for GPs. So it means that it's pretty, pretty darn comprehensive and all the links are to their official sources. So yeah, um, I do lots of the media relations, like sort of public speaking and um, presentations and such. So. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's done quite a fair bit in the year and it's just sort of taken off. So pretty, pretty grateful to be part of that, that group. Yeah, it's done really good. Um, because to be fair, my GP had no idea what I was talking about when I went to him and told him I was trans. Um, and also he asked me to research everything and just kind of give him my research. I was just like, what? Like, what do you mean? Don't you know this stuff? And he's like, no. So mm. yeah, I think I think obviously what you do is really important, especially for the younger people as well, who are just kind of coming to terms with who they are and finding themselves. Um, it makes it a lot easier if they have that GP that they know and trust who kind of understands the information a little bit more. So that's, yeah, that's really good. I, I, I guess I kind of got the confidence I have right now um, in order to public speak because um, I've worked in the queer community and I've had people say, Rico, you're good at public speaking. Um, I was part of a documentary in 2019 and I was just like behind the camera, the person who runs that documentary, he taught me how to use a camera. So like, you're actually good at speaking, do you want to try? And he actually forced me to do a live stream at Black Lives Matter. And that was my first like live stream. Yeah. yeah. So allies all around, I mean, it's, it's, it's shocking how supportive, <laughs> like you compare your, your family unit and then you yeah. compare the community, the community just, you just take care of each other. Yeah, 100%, 100%. I always think that the community is just more supportive anyway, because I can kind of understand where you're coming from and have been there before anyway. Um, and obviously you choose your family at this point. I think everyone's just come to terms with having a family that they actually get the support from and actually like. So yeah, that's good. So what achievements of your group or organization are you most proud of? Yeah. I think a lot of what I listed previously is what um, the working groups, because we have working groups of charity leaders that help out with these documentations. I talk about it, but I want to say so that I specifically wrote it. Mm -hmm. um but what achievements i mean they've done consultations to the un um did violence against women and girls so we give trans non-binary like we did a survey recently uh and that had a heavy focus on ableism and poc relations in order to uh capture intersectionality because i realized that a lot of people who have charities are trying to like justify getting grant information and asking oh what's the need so we know from our communities like you have any statistics like well no marginalized groups don't have the money to create statistics yeah. <laughs> so we um i did like a massive push for that in the survey so that if someone was doing a grant application they have statistics to prove that intersection doesn't exist but being part of a black um trans or uh, if you happen to be say for example muslim and non-binary that does actually have a knock-on impact and trying to like quantify that um so that survey has made a big difference yeah the working groups as well sort of i was presenting some of the working groups hosting them and sort of hearing some of the stories on the ground and basically telling people oh did you know that you could ask your gp about bridging prescriptions i was like no i don't know what bridging prescription is so, yeah you know if you do feel as if your mental health is going to suffer then you can tell your gp and then they can prescribe you hormones 
Mm. Because if someone is going through menopause, they can get prescription hormones straight from their GP. There's no questions about it. It's the same hormones. Yeah. So, um, yeah, those sort of discussions. Me personally, um, I've done speeches outside Parliament. Uh, I was part of a... Um, I've spoken inside Parliament as well. I chaired an event at the Mayor's office. So, yeah, I've had some really awesome opportunities to speak and advocate for the community. Yeah. And all of that's because... Um, sheer frustration and <laughs> anger <laughs> at what's happening and i just go to amazing events and i meet amazing people and then they tell me their stories i'm just like how is this even the thing how is this yeah. even happening yeah like, can you explain this to me a bit more like i don't understand how such um strong people uh, mm. such, such resilient people have gone through so much hardship and still can yeah. smile and have you know, yeah. a positive demeanor and we just care about each other i don't, yeah. I don't understand how this is even happening in the 21st century to me it's ridiculous yeah yeah i think the hope that we get is just really scarce and no one really i feel like people just don't know how to help us but it's quite simple just like know your stuff and then you you're probably doing more than what everyone else is doing just by researching and kind of educating yourself on the things that we have to go through yeah yeah i mean it, it kind of normalizes it normalizes um hate crime and discrimination and yeah. um i'm a diversity consultant that's what most i do most of the day mm. um and sort of having the opportunity to speak to corporations and basically saying trans people aren't new <laughs> they're not like a, a new tiktok craze <laughs> we've been around for generations <laughs> multiple examples of us existing and they're like oh okay I'm like well, why i know about this I'm like you didn't know about it because in 28 didn't want you to know about it so yeah. they didn't want, to, want you to know about lesbians and gay people like all this is history impacts today and when they finally realize that i'm like okay here's an ally shop resort this is what you can do in order to help us um and also having the realization that the anti-trans movement is just a group of incredibly well-funded individuals they don't speak for the majority of the community and that's a really important point to know because yeah. people think that the negative press that they see represents the majority of like, no they're, they're opinion pieces yeah. they're opinionated pieces by people who have nothing to do apart from emulate hate and a an organization that uh, genders purely hate isn't um isn't an organization that i want to associate with yeah exactly yeah 100 um so how would you advise people to get involved and help the community and yeah, whether they're in the community or not part of the community yeah i mean allyship can be something just as simple as if you hear someone being misgendered in a conversation they don't need to be there for you to correct the person so mm -hmm. say, oh no that person's pronouns are they there um and i i understand that it is an adjustment to use non-binary pronouns mm -hmm. um and i feel like if you're in like france or italy where they they <laughs> they give gender to bread <laughs> and you're gonna it's slightly harder like you know yeah. it's the male bread or the female door i mean yeah. okay fine for enough but we're in the uk um also uh fun fact is that actually in victorian britain um didn't actually associate gender with people it wasn't relevant um actually when uh, society was slightly more defined by male and female and sexism that's when gender came in yeah um so making that language more gender neutral could be considered to be a feminist argument as well because yeah. if someone is going to the park i went to the park with i don't know tom do i really need to say the fact he's a 
men or women? Yeah. Is that really relevant? Exactly. The point exactly. of the conversation, the point of the sentence was that you went to the park. Gender is irrelevant. Mm. Um, so yeah, uh, I think that's a really important point. But it's, it's more than that. So say, for example, you're in an organisation and you sort of <laughs> somehow casually seem to be flicking through your HR documents, which everyone does in their free time. Um, if there isn't a transition policy, you know, send it to send it to HR. You need to have a transition policy. Or um, if you feel as if um, when it comes to your induction process, they haven't mentioned the LGBT community at all, then, mm. you know, that needs to be mentioned. Yeah. So if we say that Section 28 means that the entirety of the country do not know about the LGBT community. Mm. And when you're trying to create an inclusive office environment, that's not acceptable. Or if non-binary pronouns haven't been mentioned in your induction material, it's yeah. not purely about your employees, it's also about your customers. Mm -hmm. Can your customers actually have a conversation? Can your employees have a conversation with your customers? They can't use non-binary pronouns. They haven't got a shot and that, that, that that's what it's always expected by um, most recent a younger generation yeah. they're used to having gender neutral environments or yeah. toilets and it's a really, really basic thing but do you really need to say vagina and penis on the door yeah. <laughs> of your toilet you know it's a toilet um just say five urinals in the store or 10 stalls i mean people know where they need to go yeah, um, yeah. people aren't going to forget <laughs> exactly exactly um, yeah, but there's more that you could do when it comes to the political forums. Say, for example, Transactional actually has a resource where you could actually write to your MP. So if you put in your postcode, it tells you what your local MP is. Um, and then you can actually, then there's actually a draft letter there done for you. It's like mm -hmm. a no-brainer, sort of 10-minute job. It's on our website. Um, and you can just uh, write to your local MP and say that I'm pro-trans rights. Because you have to remember that a lot of the media out there so these negative opinion pieces i think it was like the times that wrote 565 articles about trans people over the pandemic in a year that's like one a year and not a single one of them was actually written by a trans person <laughs> so these opinion pieces are steroids like we're only one percent of the population <laughs> can you imagine picking up the newspaper and, and hearing about I don't know, redheads yeah. <laughs> every single day like what is this person got against redheads yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i have an opinion about reddit <laughs> we're one percent of the population most people in the country haven't even met us haven't met yeah. a trans person or haven't even been aware they met a trans person exactly. so i don't understand why we, we get so much publicity but that, that publicity is negative publicity is created by hate groups they are hate groups yeah um, yeah and that isn't the, the, um, the, the opinion of the majority. So writing to your MP, speaking to your local councillor. Um, one thing I've noticed recently is that a lot of our applications don't have, it's a male, female, or other. Uh, yeah. yeah. Non-binary yeah. other. Like non-binary is a group of people, they're not others. Yeah. Um, and in diversity statistics, which I've seen during applications, they, they have um, sexuality there. Yeah, they have um, gender, but they don't have trans as, as a, as a connection. Um, I know trans men and men and trans women and women, but when you need to include that in your diversity statistics. Um, so when I feel an application, I'm just a black straight guy, <laughs> yeah. which is true. But yeah. there's like, you know, right. uh, if you're going to do diversity inclusion statistics, you need to be something more inclusive. Yeah. Which is kind of ironic, really. I mean, it's funny you say that because I literally... Um, was doing like my enrollment like contract thing for a new job and it was just male female other I was like who what is this other like define other 
because there's so many different things in this umbrella of other but it's not really other it classes as a gender still and I think people forget that I think they just kind of still it's, it's, it's it always surprises me how many people are still in that mindset of male or female it's not they've not really adapted to where the times are and a lot of businesses are still stuck in that as well um I've worked in a lot of places that have that and it's still recently that they've, they've not even changed it so yeah it's really interesting you say that because it's true it's really true and you don't really think about it until you actually think about it if that makes sense, that makes yeah. sense? yeah until you're like you're part of the community you're like well that was good yeah my current job now is the only place that i've worked that mm. has um the option for trans like it has that option um yeah i found really interesting because i was like okay cool because there's like an lgbt um committee which i'm a part of and they've honestly been making so many good changes for the community um just you know including things like that um we have non-binary terms for titles as well and all of that kind of stuff and you know when you're dealing with a customer you have like the correct pronouns and stuff attached to the name like it's really good like I've been really impressed. What are your greatest hopes for the trans community? Uh, greatest hopes for the trans community is that it's no longer a conversation where trans and non-binary. Um, I kind of want to get to the point where it's not interesting. <laughs> I, I kind of want to get to the point where the most interesting thing about Rico is the fact that he likes to cook. Well, yeah, that's the point. It's not, it's not that Rico's trans, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, and I, I, when I, when I am out and about, I do get a lot of um, excited and enthusiastic people. And I'm like, okay, fine, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, after a while, this becomes a bit exhausting because there's more to our personality. There's more to our identity than purely just being trans. The labels, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that in itself, just having to educate cis people does feel a bit exhausting. Mm. Um, uh, but in the legal space, uh, gender recognition, difficult that's something uh not having to get a dysphoria diagnosis in order to access healthcare mm -hmm. uh, um, i think i think countries like pakistan have better rights than us australia some British boroughs in australia have better rights than us malta <laughs> there's like 10 exactly. european countries that have, that have got a gra um certificate and we don't we're behind um, so don't let people fool you into thinking that we're progressive. No, we're not. We're not. We're not. Um, so yeah, fighting for that. Uh, I would say there's also ongoing court cases when it comes to uh, abandoning conversion therapy. It's a current discussion. Mm. So the inclusion of trans and non-binary people in banning conversion therapy. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a clause that says if it's consensual for adults and it's okay, I think that should be removed personally yeah, because 100%. it's not really content for me, which is harmful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Consents to abuse. So, yeah, I think those are the ongoing discussions. But really, for it to just be such a non-topic for everyone to be comfortable with gender-neutral language, language would be a big thing. Yeah. Um, and for <clears throat> society to recognise that embracing individualism isn't going to destroy the foundations of society. And there's mm -hmm. some sort of fear in that, that if we have um, individuals being individuals, then we're not gonna have, um, I don't know, I think it's very English and stuffy. 
in this country. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Perfect society or like this is yeah. the way to live. It's kind of like how America have that American dream, but yeah, they just exactly. have like what what are they called? Like the, what's Nigel Nigel Farage's party and all of those? It's, we, that's what we have. Do you know what I mean? That's what it feels like. Yeah, it's very hillbilly, but like bald cis white men. Instead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like by so, um, including trans and binary community and it's a society that it's going to sort of destroy the foundation of it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Um, I was talking to someone recently and they said that it's very traditional for um, trans women to dance at in weddings in Pakistan. That's the reason why they've been afforded rights quicker <laughs> than us. It's because they had a place in society. Yeah. Like, there was non-binary, there's non-binary Egyptian pharaoh. Um, uh, trans women were considered divine in tribes in Angola. Mm. Like, yeah. In history, there are examples of trans people considered divine because they they had both perceptions of both genders and both sexualities, um, yeah. both genders. Therefore, we understood people more. Yeah, that's where exactly. we used to be, and then here we are today. We've kind of just you know. gone backwards completely. Yeah, if yeah anything, exactly. If anything, I think we're probably the stupider people in history. Unfortunately, I feel like I'd rather be, I don't know, a caveman than what I am now. Do you know what I mean? I think they'd be smarter. Other than the fact, like, they didn't have fire, but, you know. Can make well, as in, like, society in general? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, when I we didn't say... blur the lines between... When, when people were just happy to blur the lines, I mean, um, between what people's class as male and female, I think we were just more free and happier. It's just how it, how it went. Um, back in the day, a lot of even in the times of Greeks and Egyptians and things like that, when it comes to sexuality, there wasn't really a sexuality. Everyone would just kind of go around together and do the hunky-dory whenever they wanted to. So why now is it such a thing? Um, sexuality, gender and all those things are just something that was kind of... In my head, I feel like it's just something that's created to separate us further and become a problem to separate us further, which is why trans people feel so segregated a lot of the time as well. Yeah, I think the moment you, it's basically white supremacy. It's just yeah, yeah. Um, the idea of having a group of people that are better than others means that someone isn't perfect. And you yeah. have the idea of a perfect society or the American dream, you're implying that there's some people who weren't perfect. And that's how um, women, LGBT people, POC people just fall through the cracks. Yeah. Travel the community. Uh, everyone that hasn't really conformed or wanted to conform has just been treated mistreated in history yeah so it's just a case of just i like to call it a societal reset it's not something that we hadn't had before it's something that we've forgotten even existed um and when the history books are written by the victors it's 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 easy for information to be missing yeah or just definitely not included on purpose kind of thing yeah section 28 (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah um is that uh, anything you want to plug or any other things that you want the people to know about? Any um, I would say yes, there is an allyship resource at Transactional. So it's just um, if you have five minutes, then you can sort of follow. The thing is, people tend to think we all 
learning about a protective characteristic or personal body people that's going to be really intense and grueling. Yes, there are intense grueling elements of it to just hate crime statistics, but it's possible to be supportive of the community or having to trigger yourself in the process. That's not what anyone's asking to do. So if you follow, there's, there's so many people out there that um, are doing brilliant work, uh, educating and not triggering at the same time. So just raising awareness, talking about trans history, um, uh, like it, you can follow someone like Munro Birdoff, like those sort of people are sending out positive messages. Um, yeah. I, I educate yourself watching a documentary such as Disclosure. Disclosure is a brilliant documentary. Yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah, those sort of things are forms of allyship. Yeah, there's an allyship resource. Also, if you are um, a charity, if you're a grassroots organisation at LGBT Consortium, we did launch something called the Equity Fund. Mm -hmm. And I was part of how, what towards the tail end of creating that. So if you are a trans and binary community, um, the board, the review board will all be trans people. So it's created for us by us. Mm -hmm. um, and when it comes to creating the application, there is a grants officer can actually review the application with you. So before you even submit it, there'll be someone there that can review the paper. Oh, you need to add more statistics here, or don't forget to mention that, or oh, that bit's a bit strong. So it, it's not like a job interview. It's like we want to help you. Yeah. Um, so it's a collaborative effort. Uh, and yeah, when you, after you submit your application process, you can actually see what parts of your application that um, the reasons why it got declined. If it did get declined, they'll mm. say you need to write more on this. So it's a collaborative process and it's specifically designed in order to help us. And yeah, this, this is um, a half a million fund from the National Lottery. And yeah. so National Lottery is actually saying grassroots organisations, we need to help them. So yeah, please apply for that. Uh, the application process was created so that if you don't have government structures because that's another thing that really really gets people when you fill an application for i don't know 100 quid <laughs> and it's asking if you what's your board of directors do you have um policies in place what's your hr policy i haven't got any employees but i have a hr policy yeah. it's kind of like cut some of that out so if you're applying for 100 quid you don't have to go through those crazy governance questions mm. if you're applying for the 25k then yes you do but it's kind of like it will help you with your project. In addition to that, it's also core costs because a lot of people that I know run charities out of their own pocket and you shouldn't be doing that yeah. because the whole point of having, uh, if you have a society that's, um, that's flawed, such as ours, individuals shouldn't really be plugging the gaps. It should be down to charities, established charities plugging the gaps. So if you're paying, if you're helping your community out of your own pocket, apply for your core costs, apply for your, your time, your nine to five, yeah. um, your, I don't know, your website, your email address, those sort of stuff which you're paying for, yeah. um, we, we can help cover. So that, that's, that launched recently and I'm quite excited about that. Yeah, um, I think I'm part of the panel for that as well, so that's cool. Uh, Way! <laughs> are you part of the panel as well? Oh, I can't, I'm a trustee. It's a conflict of interest, but no, I, I have tried to encourage as many of my friends to apply. Uh, Miss Sahara, which who runs um, Miss Trans Globals, one of the panels, the trans panel. Um, someone I know, uh, Stuart uh, Colahan, who runs Live Through This, Charities mm. and Disability Panel. So yeah, it's just brilliant. It's just brilliant to sort yeah. of bring people in. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, um... It's been great talking to you and thank you for coming on. I think the listeners have learned or watchers have learned a lot today. 
to be honest. And um, watches. It's recorded as well. Face recorded. Yeah. Maybe. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, it's recording. It says recording. What do you mean? No, I thought it was this podcast. Podcast is audio, bud. I've been looking Oh, I mean, it could place. be on both. It's up to you. It's up no, to it's you. It's fine. It's okay. I've, I've had moments where I've been talking, but looking down here, like, I didn't know. No, it's all right. It's all right. I, I've got wandering eyes anyway. I'm just watching the birds like a weird I mean, person. I've moved quite a lot of times, so. Yeah. Right. Oh, you've got wandering eyes because you keep looking at the birds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know. I mean, you know, Pussy Palace are having like a, what's their next thing? Like a marriage thing, isn't it? So. Yeah, he messaged me about that to see if I could find yes, something to propose to. I haven't got a girlfriend, so I think that I might not have enough time. I've, yeah, no, you don't need to do it on the night. What do you mean? That's the whole point. Propose to a complete stranger on the night. That's what, like your plan. what do you think I'm doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to wear a shirt and a tie or a bow tie, and I'm going to wear, I'm going to dress smart and I'm going to maybe get a top hat. I'd be your best man. Yeah, absolutely. This is going to be epic. Like, the <laughs> Mom, I'm getting married. Do you know what I mean? I, I, cannot so wait. I cannot wait to see and hear about this. <laughs> you absolute nutter. I mean, that is if I remember any of the night, because there's a there's a high possibility that I won't remember it because I don't remember the last two that I've gone to. So I mean Cole and I are good friends, so this is why I encourage them with their terrible decisions. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It oh, happens okay. all the time. Um but yeah, thank you for coming on. Thank you. And so thank much. you for yeah. Thank you for sharing the information that you shared. I hope that people take something away from this. I know that people take something away from this, um, and I also hope that people use the resources that they've heard about in this episode because it's definitely going to help you. I know it's going to. I know it's going to help us as well. So yeah, there's a lot of things that some of us didn't meet specifically didn't I don't know if Kaz knew about some of these things as well I didn't know about um, <clears throat> yeah see so yeah on that um so Shay Brown is a lot of good work when it comes to the transaction website so there's resources like mental health if you want to sort of get it. there's no shame in getting help I'm a therapist like everyone else um, if you need to talk, um, there's resources there. There's a lot of articles as well. Transactional is actually we're going to launch a, cin- a cinema soon, online cinema. There was a trans and non-binary films that's coming out soon. That's fucking um, cool. Yeah, we're basically just trying to get people's moods up. Um, but yeah. there's lots of empowering articles <clears throat> on our website. Um, and yeah, just check it out. Just 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 find it. Also, there's social groups. That's what I wanted to say. There's social groups. Um, I know about five different trans social groups, which you can find more than one online, like TransWiki as well. So if you don't really want to, if you feel a bit anxious about coming to the community or in the regional area, you can still find your tribe. It's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's not all doom and gloom. Yeah, that's, that's really good. Um, yeah, so we'll link the... There's, sorry, there's an actual bird on the conservatory, and I was wondering what that noise was. Um, that's the bird you're going to be married that's the bird yeah that's, that's the, the bird, bird. I've been looking at. <laughs> it knows it knows I'm so ready I hope my mum's ready um yeah so you made me lose my channel of thought because I was just chatting shit um <laughs> resources oh. yeah great resources um no I already said that so yeah anything you got to say Kaz <laughs> 
And nah, like, this is the quietest I've been in any episode. Like, I feel like actual shit. Yeah. You're L, you're L, so we're like, you're yeah, for but, real. Um, no, I don't have much to add to that. Just, um, you know, it was really useful information. And even if one person takes something away from this, that would be great, kind of really insightful stuff. Yeah, definitely, 100%. Um, but thank you for coming, Rico. And That's yeah. Funny. Thank you for coming. See you at the next Bristol Valleys. Yeah, yeah. See you on the 18th. Also, oh, we should have said this at the start. If you've been listening along, please use the hashtag Tea Podcast so mm-hmm. that we can. Okay. Did I say Tea Did I say the right hashtag? I probably didn't. No. Well, listen to Kaz, not me, um, and use the one with the UK at the end. And yeah, we will see you next week. Yes, we have got some great episodes coming up. Stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned.